Hello, and welcome to Seasons, A Year of Movies. I'm Grace. And I'm Emma. And today we're talking about 1951's... 54. 54, Salt of the Earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Directed by Herbert Bieberman. Herbert Bieberman. What do you what, do you know anything about Herbert Bieberman? Yes, I know he was in jail before he directed this movie um, on suspected communist, you know, politics and interactions. Yeah, this movie goes hard. <laughs> 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 yes, um, yeah, like the writer, the director, and the producer were all jailed or blacklisted. Um, the main actress was deported <laughs> during the filming of this movie um, on alleged <laughs> passport charges. Um, but, you know, she straight up, she's like, well, they deported me because I was portraying a strong Mexican-American <laughs> woman. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, this movie's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it'll be, and not not always a negative contrast to mm-hmm. *Harry Potter* but I think it's a very interesting uh, contrast. Oh yeah, no, it's um, wild <laughs> how many things come up. Yeah. Um, well, do we want to do summary, and then we'll do uh, likes and yikes? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. I feel like you're better equipped because you remember the characters' names and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Esperanza um, is married to Ramon. Yeah. Um, Ramon is a mine worker um, mining zinc in New Mexico. Um, and, yeah, it's just about their, like, village. Um, so there's... A bunch of different camps working for this mining company and some of them are mined by mexicans and some of them are mined by anglos yeah it was also worth noting that the mine company was owned by ramones like so the land the was. land yeah not no the, no not the company yes yeah. but it was bought out right they yes. used to be by his grandma from his yeah. grandfather yep mm-hmm. so um so like yeah it just kind of starts off talking about how like this land was mexico right you know yeah um and they've all been living there forever but this company has come in and like they own everything um and they find out that you know the white workers are being paid more they have better housing um because of course all the housing is owned by the company yeah um so they they just have better everything well, um hot water right that's yes. one of the things <laughs> yes and then, they have plumbing uh, um and the mexicans don't and so um, the men, the workers, go on strike. Well, there's one more thing reason why they go on strike. It's they work. They're yes. they're putting on shifts alone, right? And they keep their accidents keep happening. And the workers are like, "Hey, if you put us in double shifts, like we can prevent this." And the bosses are like, "No, just be more careful or whatever." Yes. <laughs> um, um. So they go on strike, and um, after oh, and this is all based on a real strike that happened. Yeah. Um. Which we'll get to that. Oh, it's so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so um, but they go on strike for eight months, um, and the women this whole time they're like wanting to help. They want to get involved, and some of them can, um, but some of them um, like Esperanza. They're not able to help or help as much as they want because their husbands. Um, are misogynists yes (laughs) it's machismo um and 
but anyway, but then the Taft-Hartley Act uh, is, there's an injunction. Um, I don't really know anything about the Taft-Hartley Act, but it's yeah. a real thing. Anyway, and so basically after eight months, um, the workers could be arrested if they go to the picket line. But it, as the women point out, it only you know it only specifies that the workers can't go to the picket line. So the wives go in their place um, and picket, and you know they all get arrested, and well, they keep fighting. It's great. I don't know. <laughs> There's yeah. like a lot. I mean, that's kind of. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of like the basic plot of the movie is basically just this long wait out of the strike, right? Yeah. Um, and it's all, and it's also about you know the men what, uh, learning to listen to. Oh, women. that's right. Okay, now I remember what the climax of the movie is mm-hmm. because they're like, what can the, what else can the company do mm-hmm. against this? And sort of the men because right. they're because they're working at home uh-huh. and they're like doing laundry, like doing housework. They feel like it's it's very funny because originally they're like, oh, we're not gonna put hot water on the list of demands. We gotta like focus on our safety. Right. And then later Ramon's like. That should have been on the list of demands to start. <laughs> yes, once because... he starts doing the laundry. Um, um, yeah, but the climax is they come to, like, repossess the house. Yeah, because, um, you know, it's company property, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're throwing out all their belongings of the Quinteros. That's Esperanza and Ramon. Um, but then, like, the entire community and, like, people from other other groups and camps and stuff come and just basically just like stare them down yeah Um, when they start putting stuff back in the house yes yeah and like the young boys like throw rocks um and stuff but basically they just have to give up and leave and you love to see it yeah well there's like yeah this ends on this very hopeful close-up of um esperanza Mm -hmm. being like this is something that like my children can inherit and like a, a place for us that we can build out of this land and stuff and it's very yeah um yeah i think that's pretty much it um i guess i do want to say that like ramon was out hunting and then he realizes he's like oh no i gotta i gotta go back and help my wife because the house is gonna get evicted basically mm-hmm. he kind of like figures out what the company could do to stop try and stop the strike yeah and uh yeah, rides back to the rescue after yeah a bunch of the men throw a little hissy fit <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're tired of doing laundry for four days and so they go off hunting <laughs> well it's been more than four days no point. i'm pretty sure it was it was right after because she went to, she was in jail for four oh, days oh right you're right okay yes 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 All yeah right. now i understand mm-hmm. what you're what you're getting at okay because yeah. i was like maybe the women have been on strike for a while <laughs> yeah but yeah um yeah uh so i guess i could share my we could do our likes and yikes likes and yikes so um, I like is there's a scene of Ramon doing the laundry, which I sort of already talked about. This is the same scene where he's um, grumpy about there not being hot water. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, I just like, um, and this is also this is one of the really interesting things about this movie is that um, there's a lot, a lot of the actors, quote unquote, are actual miners who were like involved in you know a strike like this. Um, the strike. The strike. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, and, you know, Esperanza is an actor, mm-hmm. and then most of the white cops are actors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, there are a couple of exceptions, but generally, um, which is, I think, really interesting, but also, like, his performance is really good. Ramon's. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. so Juan Chacon. Yeah. And uh, he um, he just is very pained 
and like frustrated <laughs> doing the laundry and it's just very like it's funny but it's also very human and like i i mean yeah like it's this movie also has a lot of gender stuff, but it does not reek of gender. Oh yeah, no. In the way, and so like I think that ability to sort of laugh at someone struggling at something like this is is very. I mean, it's both like funny, but it's also humanizing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the nice thing about that, it's not a scene of like, haha, men are dumb. And yeah, they can't it's not do the laundry. It's like, oh, like you have never learned to do the laundry you've never been willing to do the laundry like it's never been expected of you yeah and therefore like you do not have years of practice doing it yeah for sure i think it's nice rather than just like a (laughs) men dumb yeah it's not it is like extremely not like an american sitcom Mm -hmm. or like dish detergent commercials (laughs) yes yeah or whatever you know um yeah my my yike is there's a i don't know this isn't that big of a deal but there's a beginning um thing where uh it's like the the land of the the home of the brave workers and the land of the free workers you know so it's like actually filmed on on location mm-hmm. right I don't, I don't know if it's like it's not necessarily that mining camp but it was um, the same well yeah it it the was same the, one? it's the same place okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah you would emma did all the research on this yeah um so um, but yeah, I don't know. I I understand the urge to kind of reappropriate um, those kinds of like American idioms to be about marginalized folks, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's like horrible or anything. Um, but I just I kind of wish we would like use language that moved away from that. I mean, not not that people don't. This movie does not, in this particular instance, <laughs> <laughs> to be very specific, right? And so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But it's not that big of a deal. So it's a yike. It's a yike. Moving on. Um. Well, yeah. <laughs> Your yike's a lot heavier. I My yike is a lot heavier. Um. It's so like it's so small. It's so quick. Like you didn't even notice it. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was it. like on Twitter or something. <laughs> so. Um. But yeah, we just get a hot, a hot sack of anti-blackness. Um. In this movie, because Ramon catches. Um. A scab who's like you know one of their people and Stephanie's like yelling at him and he's like oh like I thought you know like I thought you'd be better than this like I I might have expected this from a negro but not from you (laughs) (laughs) and uh (laughs) yeah well the Um, thing is that is one of the things where um that's probably a real cultural dynamic that was oh, happening. Oh, you know? yeah. No, it still is. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not, I mean. <laughs> but, like, it's such a thing. Like, in this movie where it's, like, explicitly, you know, not, like, just about class, but also, like, race. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think they are, like, nuanced and, like, talking about, like, yeah, the the Anglo workers, like, are in pretty bad situation as well, right? But, but the because, company yeah. can hold it over them that at least they're not being treated like the Mexicans, you know, that that's something, right? So I think it does have these, like, nuanced things about, like, white versus non-white and, like, how mm-hmm. class plays into that. Um, but then it's just like, oh, well, and, and then if you're black, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's uh, you're not a part of this and we don't care. We don't like you and you're bad. Um <laughs> Yeah. You know, just for, like, half a second. Yeah, well, it is, I think, it is, like, um, you know, it's Ramon 
is definitely a sympathetic character, but he's often like cruel and mm-hmm. sort of vindictive um, in ways that the movie definitely portrays as bad, mm-hmm. right? Um, and is actively harmful. And a lot of his, I mean, as much as there is an arc in this movie, mm-hmm. um, is him sort of figuring out how to not be that way and mm-hmm. to, ha- to let his, you know, wife like have more control and be more, be more of an agent um, and let that not be a threat to him. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I, I don't know. This beat is definitely like bad, especially mm-hmm. since there were like, as far as I'm aware, no black characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there was like, maybe it's hard sometimes in black and white yeah. um, to tell. Uh, but I was like, oh, maybe there's like a, a black person in the in the union in like, meeting, yeah, yeah, um, like when when people from the other unions come to help, right? Yeah, but they're but the thing is, yeah, there's sort of this this like like you know very cruel bit of anti-blackness that's just mm-hmm. not um, you know not commented on mm-hmm. or not elaborated on. I think there's like there's textual reasons to be like, oh, the movie doesn't think this is good, right? But there's also textual reasons to be like, oh, the movie is like. Not necessarily in support of this, but, like, fine with it. Well, it's not an issue. Yeah, exactly. Because I think even, you're right, like, you know, Ramon is sympathetic, but the movie is, like, he's wrong. Yes, (laughs) Um, yeah. But, like, not in this moment, right? No. Because who who we are supposed to be mad at is the scab, right? Yeah. And Ramon is justified in being mad at him. Yeah, there's no Um, lampshading of that uh, mm -hmm. moment, Um, you know. I know that, like, yeah, we we could tell that it's bad. You know, but, um, but, you know, um, yeah. What was your like? Oh, my like is the credits. (laughs) Yeah. This is actually really cool. It's Uh, so good. Um, so yeah, like Grace said, um, there's only like five professional actors and it's like the main woman, um, and then white cops. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then, or like the bosses. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of the people, um, were locals who are minors, are union reps, like, were, um, you know, actually, like, living and striking and working in that area, um, and so in the credits, it, like, goes through, it's like, here are the professional actors, and you see, like, the five people, and then it's like, and here are the non-professional actors, and then, like, every single person (laughs) gets, like, the same amount of time, you know, where they show, like, a brief little snippet. Right. And this is, like, this is something I think is really cool about this movie. Is I mean, it is about a community in a real way, mm-hmm. um, especially at the end, right? Mm-hmm. But it's reflected through this family. And so you have you characters that get, like, maybe five minutes of screen time yeah. at the absolute maximum. Mm-hmm. Like, getting a, I mean, the equivalent for a movie of this budget, <laughs> you know, a big splashy credits mm-hmm. thing. And it's very moving and cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it just en- it ends with, like, the shot of the people, you know, coming at the end um, when they're trying to evict the Quinteros and stuff. And so it's, like, goes through all the names and it's, like, and, you know, the rest of the brothers and sisters of the 890 union, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, like... Damn. Well, I think um, maybe we can leap from that into talking about uh, Walter Benjamin, (laughs) 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 because so um, this so Walter Benjamin's a uh, leftist Marxist theorist Mm -hmm. and uh, writer um, from from Germany. Uh, He's Jewish, and so um, though effectively was killed by Nazis, um, and uh, he wrote this thing 
um, called Art in the Age of Mechanical Reproduction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I meant to reread at least parts of it and did not. So apologies if I get anything like super <laughs> wrong here. But basically he's interested in how um, the the process of film especially, but also just of copying something that something can be, inf- you know, not infinitely, but like materially replicated changes the way people interact with that thing. You think about like... Um, I mean, it's really reflecting, like, the disappointment people have when they see the Mona Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. So he calls this aura. So it's like when, when you go see something that, you know, is only in one spot in the world and has this, like, reputation or you, you experience this aura, right? Mm-hmm. You experience the, the presence of the physical object. But copying something diminishes that effect, mm-hmm. right? That, like, you've seen it before or you have an interaction with it. And so it's both – in some ways it makes some things less powerful – but it's also democratizing, mm-hmm. right? And he kind of uses this to talk about film and the idea of like using film as a representative rep- representative apparatus for the proletariat, mm. right? That it's like people can make film and see themselves on film, mm-hmm. right? It's like accessible in a particular way. And I think like this is this movie is like the ultimate example <laughs> of this kind of idea, right? Um, because it's all about people who are actual workers right Mm -hmm. being depicted and shown on film and this is one of the things is like especially in contrast to highway in my valley which is like all hollywood actors who aren't welsh Mm -hmm. right it's like all those people you 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 see the way they are cast for their appearance and not not saying like they're not talented actors right they're all that's a movie full of good performances Mm -hmm. right um but you can tell that this is staged right especially in the way it's produced and like this has such an opposite um feeling because it like all these people just look like normal people right Mm -hmm. people that you could see on the street right and there's not this sense of um you know i mean it is it is very artificial right but because there's this tinge of reality to it and it's like people giving voice to things that they actually experienced right Mm -hmm. is gives it such a powerful i think bent that i have not really seen in many movies and that's speaking to my lack of experience right but it's um it's very cool to see something like this that's so small Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think i mean it's exactly the thing right there was a specific strike happening in new mexico and then you know and you most people would not be able to witness it you know unless you were like there in it um so even a semi-fictionalized version that's relying like on the actual place and the actual people right and getting their story out um not out very far (laughs) (laughs) right yeah (laughs) um as i think we'll talk about later but no i think it is really just like powerful and also like i don't know it just kind of makes me sad for like the ways (laughs) we're like they were treated better like in this fictional version you know yeah. than the real one of um, so one of the one of the characters um is the white union rep um for like the international union for mine mill and smelter workers mm-hmm. um and uh throughout the movie you know he's like he's really supportive um he's like trying to learn more about you know like the mexican community and like be more open um about the fact that like you know he like hasn't treated his wife you know the best and um and like trying to raise the women's voices 
Um, but like, it's also kind of just like ragging on him as yeah. well. I mean, he's, he's trying his best, but his wife does like get on him and it yeah. feels justified. Right. Yeah. Um, um but <laughs> in reality, so that man, um, like the character is played by the man who was the white union rep, um, in the real strike. And in reality, he was not around um, to strike or do the laundry or anything because he was arrested and put in solitary confinement for 16 months. Yeah, I just want to say this guy is a real one because (laughs) doing like being in a movie, realizing that it's not about you and being like a scene where the most prominent thing that happens is you getting viscerally roasted (laughs) is like... (laughs) <laughs> it's re- like this is a person yeah who like is i mean heroic in a way that like we don't see on film mm-hmm. right and that just does not make it about him right and maybe he did i guess i don't know that but like that i think that that is just very funny to me no. that he went through something really harrowing that the movie like you could make a movie about that right mm-hmm. and um instead putting the lens on this mexican-american family mm-hmm. and having him be sort of supplementary to the what that family is going through i think really yeah. cool and is like an example of like allyship and practice i think um it's really neat it's so neat yeah <laughs> um and uh you know and i think we we talked a little about the end about the, the community taking ownership and this almost feels like that to me the film itself is a community taking ownership of its story mm-hmm. right and that um and you know the thing is i it's hard to know like i would I be I mean really curious if anybody has like you know like an oral history of the making of this movie? Yeah, there or... is a documentary about the making. Yeah, want to search out. Right. So, but like just the you know the people because I'm talking a lot about how people are in voice, people are empowered by this, and actually like I don't know how people who were in the movie felt about it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so like that's an element of the material conditions of the movie that like affect its meaning, right? That mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, equated with so. Um, yeah, well, should we talk a little about How Green Is My Valley, since we talked also about, like, Lee, like oh, yes. Walter Benjamin? I'm so down. <laughs> um, There's so much. Um, I think, I mean, so I went off about the Welsh in the movie, or the lack of the Welsh. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and stuff, and this movie does, like, the complete opposite. Um, I wish, this was, like, a janky DVD. <laughs> um, it's so, I... <laughs> I feel like, tr- like I, I mean, I guess this is like showing the real limitations of a project like Criterion or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's like, why don't we have like a beautiful, because also this movie is, is very interesting formally and we'll get into it later, mm-hmm. but like, it's a beautiful movie and I wish that we could watch it in a version that was not so <laughs> janky, but subtitles. also it's, it's very charming. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it didn't have subtitles, um, which, you know, I kind of like, I wish it did, um. Because I'd be curious about, like, if they translated the Spanish or then would just have the Spanish as part of the subtitles. Yeah. Um, and stuff, because there is quite a lot of Spanish in this movie. Um, it, like, all goes untranslated. Um, I feel like a lot of it you can, like, understand, like, from yeah. context. I mean, maybe you can speak to this uh, because... I, I, I speak no Spanish. <laughs> yeah. You speak, you know... I know a lot Intermediate Spanish. Spanish, yeah, yeah. at... at, at you know, at worst, intermediate Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it was just, uh, yeah, it was so good. And, like, it doesn't feel cheap. Like, it feels it feels like the way who, that people, at least in my experience, people who speak English and Spanish, um, 
how they like use both and like interchange yeah. between the two um it's like really neat and then like also seeing it like when like when they do it at the union meetings like it's no problem but when they do it in front of their bosses then the boss is like what are they saying what's going on yeah um as a band just like oh, i just love what, seeing that i think that there's a real like i'm I, I, for some reason my mind's going to like um even sort of more thoughtful versions of this like uh moana mm-hmm. right which is um you know had a lot of consultants from like polynesian cultures and stuff and it just kind of like combine things and mm-hmm. like around and that's sort of the thing is it, it, it's very explicitly supposed to be accessible to to a white audience right and is like very grounded and sort of the the movie this movie's like and maybe this is a quirk of like the dvd or whatever <laughs> right but the movie's refusal to you know make things accessible to a white english-speaking audience mm-hmm. right in this way is really powerful and i think gives them a lot of dignity and i think there's ways you know you could do this with subtitles right because pe- mm-hmm. movies should have subtitles yeah <laughs> deaf people should be able to watch a movie you know and they should be good right i'm not i'm not trying i'm not anti-subtitles but you could just have the subtitles in spanish right you're right or, like i you know. think that that's what i would advocate for yeah yeah, I just, I watch subtitles basically on all my movies now, because it's just easier. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and so, so that was a little tricky, but it was really awesome. Um, and it was, oh, it's just so great. <laughs> I've just had in my head on a loop um, when the women are in jail, uh, basically oh, yeah. their tactic is to like, not, and that's, I mean, ah, there's so many good things in this movie. Um and, like, also related to How Green Was My Valley um, with, like, I talked in that episode about how, like, people need to live still when they're, like, protesting yeah. and they're striking mm-hmm. and somebody has to do that work. And this movie is, like, way more interested in that. Yeah. Um, and so I just love when the women are in jail, their tactic is to, like, just continuously demand, like, for their physical needs to be met. And they do it in Spanish, so they're like, queremos comida, queremos camas, queremos baños. And they're just like, ask for like food and beds and toilets and stuff, right? Yeah. And, and the sheriff is like, we don't have a toilet. <laughs> we don't have food. Um, and they just do not care. And it's incredible. And I love, yeah, it's just like, it's so catchy and good in this band. Yeah. <laughs> it's been in my head. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, that ability for um like i think about how the strike in how green was my valley is really solemn mm-hmm. and sad mm-hmm. right and it's not that like like the that's because it's like kind of weird about that movie is the work is joyous right the work is beautiful mm-hmm. and great and like the strike is not a bad thing right it, like it, it makes clear like a fundamental position why the strike is like good and effective for people right Mm -hmm. but the fact that they're away from work is like this like it's this burden on them yeah right and that this movie explores that to some degree but there's also a lot of moments of joy Mm -hmm. there's parties and there's meetings and there's stuff like this right where people are like very intentionally sort of fighting for themselves Mm -hmm. and what they believe in in a way that like the strike is so like ephemeral and like i mean you talked about how so much is focused on sort of the emotional lives of these people but not their Mm -hmm. physical lives in how great was how green was my valley yeah and this is Im- intimately concerned with both right yes. and like especially how those things relate to each other uh-huh um well yeah i just love in because in um i mean that's i think part of it is that we don't see like a picket line 
in How Green Was My no, Valley. No, we do not. Yeah. Right? Um, it's all just, like, people not being at work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but in this movie, it's, like, they're, like, right outside the gates. They have all their different signs. They're singing songs in English and Spanish. And, um, yeah, they're, like provide you know the women start out by like bringing coffee you know for the men um and then later um like when it's the women's march and you see like all these white ladies from out of town they're like running in you know to to help and um yeah there's just a lot of moments it's a huge contrast um between like you said like kind of like the solemn absence um that the strike represents um in how green was my valley and then like the firm presence and like active action um that's taking place oh the thing the third thing i was gonna say is like um that people from other villages and other unions will like ride in and bring them supplies um since like their food is being cut off by the, the money company too. Yeah. yeah and stuff and so like just seeing this like active community thriving and like supporting each other um in like a difficult situation but like making the absolute best of it yeah um, it was just so lovely and like inspiring <laughs> yeah well that's the thing is it doesn't it's a movie that's in many ways harrowing but it is like <clears throat> the injustices in these people and that's something i think like with how great was my valley um not that I don't, again, I don't think the movie thinks the strike is bad, but it does sort of represent this break mm -hmm. where the world starts to become unjust, yes. right? And so that, like, reflects it, right? Whereas in this movie, the world was already unjust, mm -hmm. right? And the strike is a means of, like, making it more just. Yeah. You know? And so I, I think, like, um, it's something that I feel like is really reflective, whereas, like, um, at best, How Rivers My Valley is, like, critical mm -hmm. of sort of the capitalist apparatus, right? Um salt of the earth can actively imagine a world beyond that and outside of it mm -hmm. right it feels like very you know i mean the ending is like and it's it's in some ways well it's complicated but like because we don't you know i don't know what happened to these miners <laughs> in the future right what does mm -hmm. this mine look like you know 30 years on or 40 years on or like under reagan or whatever <laughs> right um but there is this f fervent and like beautiful belief in a, in a future um outside of you know the constraints of the present right and mm -hmm. i think that that's something that i almost feel like you can't have in a movie of happy with my valley scale right? yeah i think i think something that displays that is just like the timing of events in the two movies yeah um so we talked about how green is my valley is like <clears throat> a series of like escalating drama and tragedy yeah. um and it ends you know with the father like being killed in a mining accident yeah Right, that's like the final thing, um, and you know, and it like leads into like this kind of hopeful thing. It's like, oh, you know, and we'll be together in heaven. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah, right. Um, but it's like it's so focused, like on like, oh, it's so, it's like so sad that he died, you know. But but it's gonna be okay. Whereas in this movie, uh, a mining accident happens like towards the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it's like framed completely differently and they're like no this happened because of your policies that we have been telling you you know yeah. would lead to this right in in how green minds valley that stuff is completely absent right? yeah and uh, and like the boss expects <laughs> what does he say he's like 
Um, yeah, the boss is such an he's asshole. He's like, you know, accidents are expensive. Or accidents are costly for everyone, especially the company. Yes, yeah. Um, and stuff. And so he like tells the people to like get back to work, right? Whereas in How Green Is My Valley, like there's no, you know, foreman saying like. Well, like, interrupting this, you know, yeah. angelic, like, biblical frame. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And stuff, and in this one, they're like, no, get back to work. I mean, and, like, that's when they start the strike. Yeah, like, I mean, to be fair, the accident does seem more drastic at the end of Grooves <laughs> by Valley, right? But, um, but yes, no, that's true, yeah. right? Um, yeah, well, I think that also is reflected formally. In this, I mean, it's also, the part of this was, like, the DVD Russian transfer, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it's very crackly, and the frame is so confined. And I think it's the same aspect ratio as How Green Was My Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, like, 100% yeah. sure on that. Um, but, you know, it's a smaller frame than we're used to nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and How Green Was My Valley has moments where it feels really expansive, mm-hmm. right? And this almost always feels so tight and, yeah. like, close. And the thing is, it it's some, in some it's not just, like, oh, poverty is crushing, although it is that sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. It's also, like we are in this together, we have this community, yeah. you know, tightly wound together. And so you'll have, like, you know, whereas um, outside of a few gathering moments in How Green Is My Valley, every person is, like, very deliberately placed in sort of this, you know, in, in, in like, a stage play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but isn't whereas in this, there is, like, a, um, a intimacy. And it's not that there's not deliberate camera work, right? But mm-hmm. just that it's, like, you have always a lot of people in frame, a lot yeah. of people you know moving with each other right mm-hmm. and that stuff is um ever present yeah just thinking about the difference between like the and how green is my valley versus like the union hall yeah right where's the church it's like everyone's in in neat rows right mm-hmm. it's like and it's like a high ceiling you yeah. know and um you know a place for these like lofty you know um monologues that, yeah. we, <laughs> that we went on forever about um <laughs> As of, and, like, the Union Hall, it's, like, everybody's, like, crammed in, and, like, as the movie goes on, it gets, like, fuller and fuller, because more and more women are coming in. Yeah. Um, and they're being, like, like, polite, like, it's not, like, you know, chaotic, but, like, everybody has their chance to, like, stand up and voice their opinion, and they're arguing with each other. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's, like, yeah, it's just very good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's significant, again, that, like, you do not see the Union like, the union's ephemeral in How Green Was My Valley, right? There's, mm-hmm. like, um, what's our favorite socialist boy's name? Oh, Yanto. Yanto. Um, <laughs> he, he talks about being with the union, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but you don't see him meeting with the union. Yeah. Right? The union's sort of, like, abstract, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, again, it represents the sort of tension that, like, oh, this idyllic place is eventually going to be destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, this movie I think is very much like no, it doesn't have to be right. There's there's and I think also the framing of it where, um, so there's narration from Esperanza throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and it I th- I'm not sure if it's exactly a framing device, right? But either way, it feels very like present, mm-hmm. um, and active and sort of telling the story, right? And not so much like oh, I'm looking back, but like I'm looking forward or looking into mm-hmm. something that is happening right now. It feels so much more immediate. Right? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, with that, do we want to talk about gender? Gender. Gender. Um, so I, I think there's a really striking image we can launch <laughs> into this with. So basically, there's a scene where um, you know, the miners are picketing. And at this point, Esperanza is pregnant. This is like a running subplot, is that she's pregnant and has a new kid, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's something that in the jail, 
that mm-hmm. becomes a big thing, right? Is that the the formula that the sheriff gives them is bad, yeah. <laughs> um, and so they want they want the formula. Queremos mm-hmm. uh, formula. <laughs> yeah, but they also say we want the formula. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so there's a scene where basically. Um, uh, Ramon gets picked up by the cops and is just like in the cop car, mm-hmm. right? And it's um, intercut with scenes of Esperanza giving birth, right? Yeah. Like in labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just very, and I think actually maybe even that phrasing is significant, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's this very interesting moment where there's this like um, equivalence made between the suffering these two people are experiencing mm-hmm. and what it is like doing. Yeah. materially right because it's we, we talked already about how this movie believes in the future and the idea that like ramon being willing to get beaten up by the cops and like making a stand is bringing something new into being mm-hmm. as his wife is like literally bringing someone new into being right is really i think really interesting and powerful mm-hmm. i um, think also there's another way to look at it um as like the birth being like um a site of state violence because yeah. also no, that's true. <laughs> yeah because um throughout like the first part of the movie like es- esperanza is like like wishing that she wasn't pregnant and like praying that like the baby will die you yeah. know or, like not be bored because she doesn't want to bring it into like this situation that they're in yeah um she already has two kids mm-hmm. um and stuff and it's like yeah like she has like you know like um you know a religion and like their like lack of health care and stuff like there is just no way for her to like control you know oh, yeah. her mm-hmm. family um like you know who, right who exists in it and who doesn't um and stuff and so just seeing like yeah it's like a like a painful inevitabil- inevitability like on by like these outside forces oh yeah no for sure and they like you know again like do make the best of it and like you know and she yeah, loves well, the baby right, right? she's happy yeah um but. but you know it it didn't have to be like that no and i think that's such a um you know i mean yeah that's the thing it's like also like it's not like they can just add a new expansion to their house right or whatever right there's like this material yeah it's not their house (laughs) yeah but the thing is you do see again like the community stepping in Mm -hmm. for them and taking care of the baby and like being you know super supportive and there's a sense of like you know life should be different but also we can like make it different right Mm -hmm. and i think that um yeah it's really moving um and this is also one of the big tensions in the movies between Ramon and Esperanza mm-hmm. as they um basically as she becomes more assertive and more wanting to like be active and helping out with the strike and actually picketing mm-hmm. um and Ramon's like resistance to that and resentment um mm-hmm. over it is like a central yeah. thematic plot thread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, can talk we're about leading it. into something. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's like hard. Um, I think um, a lot of people never read the reviews on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. Review aggregate sites are always truly cursed. So cursed. Um, because yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, this is like a this is a morality play, um, and stuff. And, and sure. Yeah. But like, just thinking about because on wikipedia is talking about like this is one of like the first quote-unquote feminist movies right and like i think something like this (laughs) where it's like 
explicitly showing that like you know the men are saying like no we'll fight for equality for men first and then we can think about women um or you know where the women like call men out for like speaking high-mindedly about like oh we should let women you know this was the the union rep that we were referring Mm -hmm. to where he's like the women should be a part of the conversation and they should you know be um be allowed to participate and then his wife is like oh you should try it at home sometime (laughs) right like things like that are like sure like abrupt and they perhaps like blunt but like way more effective as like a piece of like feminism and like feminist literature and concerns than like i don't know you know like a lady boss yeah or like or like oh ladies can can uh also be violent imperialists (laughs) right (laughs) um but the thing is i think that's something that is um I, you know, the thing is, I really don't think it's a weakness in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a common thing in, in criticism. I think especially, um, I don't know, liberal criticism, I guess, or like mainstream criticism that resists um, kind of, like you're talking about, like moralizing or like, because this movie is like very explicitly leftist propaganda, yes. right? Like it is made by a union. It was sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and so, but the thing is, I think that's sort of... Um, yeah, this is, like, such a weird, like, Marxy, Marxist-y thing to say. But, like, propaganda has a function, mm-hmm. right? It has a real use. And there's also the fact that, like, this reflects, I mean, as far as we're aware, right, really reflects people's actual material realities in a way that, like, how Green Was My Valley, even though in some ways it's, like, less moralistic. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, or at least moralistic in a very different direction, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, cannot, is, is actually incapable Mm-hmm. of doing through the means of its production right yeah. and so i think like the fact that like the people who were in this wanted to make this movie mm-hmm. is i feel like significant to me it makes it truthful even mm-hmm. as it is like you know very direct about how it thinks well yeah right? it's i mean it's being honest <laughs> that's yeah. what it is mm-hmm. it's not shying away from the problems yeah and you know like i don't want to say like hiding it behind you know like more like a more fanciful script you know or like a more metaphorical story right yeah. like i think those things have value but this it's like it's trying to show like a real problem yeah and the ways that you can confront it right when i think also so many of those conversations about the gender dynamics feel like it's not like there's never a line that's like oh well i'm a woman and you have to respect me, you know, it's like the, <laughs> yeah. the kind of thing you put in a trailer, mm-hmm. you know, it's always really grounded in this, this exact relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And the tensions within it. And like, you see like other couples do not have the same kind of dynamic with their wives, right? Mm-hmm. And like many of them are immediately very supportive when, you know, the wives offer to strike and stuff, right? Right, like it's not a homogenous, like, men bad. <laughs> right, yeah. And so I think that's the thing is that it's... um I wish I could point to, like, specific lines or, like, moments, but the, the conversation before, the night before, sort of the climax and when Ramon goes out hunting is, I think, such a moving piece of the movie, and it just mm-hmm. feels really real, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I mean, you know, this are not conversations we've had, um, <laughs> really. I mean, we're both gay, so it's, like, the dynamic is different. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, like, it, these are conversations I can imagine people right now having, yeah, right? Especially, sure. like, in... You know, we're, we're in Utah, we're in, um, you know, very conservative area with a lot of young women 
who get married very early in life and have kids early Mm -hmm. right and so it and but also like a burgeoning and growing sort of feminist um understanding right within even within those kinds of communities right Mm -hmm. and so these are the kind of conversations i can imagine people having for sure in our neighborhood Mm -hmm. right around us and so i think yeah like people are people are i don't think people are wrong if they're like oh this is moralizing or whatever but it is like again it's it, it feels both in its production and in its script very materially related to what people actually went through yeah and mm-hmm. it puts like a fine point on things in a way that maybe wouldn't be in real life but that's just movies that's just that's <laughs> yeah. just fiction right that's just yeah. filmmaking mm-hmm. uh, i think maybe an example at least what comes to me um like of a specific moment um is when esperanza says um to ramon uh you're no good to me in jail yeah right and that moment she is not saying like i don't want you to get arrested i don't want you to be you know on the striking like she's not saying any of that like obviously like the movie is like in support of you know people doing this work um but what she is talking about is like at that point in the movie like she has no power in the relationship yeah so if he is taken away from the family like she has to do everything but does not have the resources to do so um whereas we see like later in the movie it's like she goes to jail right Right. um and like ramon is upset about that um but it's but she's like she um well first of all she like takes her baby (laughs) like she takes her kids to jail right um she's like willing and able to do that um and like secondly like she has the power to like be a body in the jail to be like yelling at the sheriff right um and that like frees up you know ramon to 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 take care of the daily things while he still has his power right and his membership in the union that's not lost it's not like a trade yeah um Mm -hmm. it's like an expanding of their power i think i think it could be read you know or like framed in a different movie as like you're no good to me in jail like don't go don't do this right and what she's really doing is like pointing to like the amount of power that they each have and like bring to the table right Um, for sure yeah well do you want to um i feel like uh i feel like we've talked about most of the stuff we wanted to talk about Um, i think so do you want to talk a little about the movie history because we i mean we've alluded to it and talked about yeah we've alluded to it um, I think the only thing I haven't really gotten to is um, that, yeah, this movie was, I, this is crazy to me, that it was the, I've, but I've seen it multiple places, that it was the only movie to be blacklisted, like, in U.S. history. And so I don't know if it was just, like, like any other movies that would have been blacklisted, like, you know, got shut down, like, earlier in production or, you know. Yeah, there's definitely stuff something. like that for sure um well, but maybe or maybe just because like this movie was so independent right and like yeah. outside the studio system well i sort of wonder like what um i mean not that i think this movie is good uh either ideologically or uh quality wise i've not seen it but what was that that movie that about seth rogan and james franco killing Kim the dictator <sighs> no maybe I don't remember. I anyway, that but that was a movie where I know that there were, like, theaters who refused to show it um, mm-hmm. because they were sort of like a... I mean, basically, it caused well, a diplomatic incident, right? Yeah, I mean, individual theaters. I'm right, sure but it was not... Yeah, that's sort of the thing but is I'm it was wondering... But like government, you know? Right, yes, exactly. So that's sort of... 
that's what I'm wondering is if like the only movie to have been like officially blacklisted gotcha. right but in that like, way you know, others um, have on smaller scales yes yeah um yeah and that makes sense um so yeah i think it was so it came out in 1954 and there were only 12 theaters in the country that showed it when it came out that like went against um the blacklist yeah um and then i think i don't think it was like readily like available or like you know, to like to a wider audience until like fifteen years later. Yeah. Like after it came out, um, and so, and so it's just like, it's just crazy. Well, that's and, the thing is like this this kind of filmmaking has like real material use. Is something we've yeah. talked about, but like there's a reason the U.S. <laughs> government would be like, we don't want to, you know, people to see this movie. Yeah. Right. Like there are material reasons why, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the thing is like inherently. I mean, I don't know, it's maybe, I don't want to be, like, reductive about it, but it's just a more effective work of art than How Green Was Our Valley, simply by virtue of that it made powerful people mad enough to try and shut it down, right? Yeah, yeah, and, um, you know, one, one reviewer talked about, some reviews talked about how, um, like, a contem- a modern reviewer said that, you know, it, like, foretold the like civil rights you know and like feminist movements like you know before and like i don't think that's true obviously yeah. <laughs> people were like doing that work mm-hmm. um obviously you know the strike happened in 1951 right like right. people this was happening but i do think it's like yeah like it was like decades before you saw a movie you know like this yeah that was addressing things like this um and it's just really yeah it's just I wonder, like, if it had been able to come out, like, what the impact would have been on, like, future filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to know. Um, and I think it's something, I, like, I think about a lot, and I, I mean, I need to read more about it and maybe build sort of... But, like, you know, I don't think film, the way we understand it, would exist in a better world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, especially... Or, like, I mean, yeah, and this goes for basically, like, every medium... You know, like the fact that, you know, I mean, Harvey Weinstein was allowed to, like, continue to be the way he was for so long. And there's probably other people who are, you know, doing similar things who are not yet outed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is like, the material reality of film is something that's very sort of distressing and actively, like, and, and like, I've, I don't know, I've seen people speculating um, on Twitter, and this is, like, hard to verify. But, like, a, the reason movies have become so much more CGI heavy is because CGI like tech workers aren't unionized right and so they can like work them harder and exploit them in a way that you couldn't possibly if you did more you know physical effects right mm-hmm. um and so it's like the the very material production of like marvel movies for example is like rooted in people's exploitation and also like literal propaganda like the u.s army <laughs> signs off on marvel scripts right mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to be like you can't like those movies or whatever but um but like it is you know the way the filmic apparatus is made and created it supports systems of power in really direct and tangible ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's really refreshing to see, I think, a movie that actively goes against those kinds of things, right? Yeah. Even though I think, yeah, like I, you know, I, I have lots of friends who like the, you know, the trans Michael Forbes movies, for example, <laughs> right? And I don't think they are wrong or that it's like, oh, you are just giving it a propaganda. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of nuance to these kinds of conversations about art and about how that stuff functions in the world, and I think those conversations are worth having. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just say that also there is this material reality that is reflected mm-hmm. in the meaning of the work themselves. Yeah. No, I 
I would highly recommend watching this movie. Um, I think, I don't know if it just came at, like, the right time, but this is one of the most, like, like, joyful experiences I've had, like, in sitting down and watching a movie for the podcast. Um, because it just, like, really filled, it, like, filled the need that I had in my heart. And, like, yes, you know, we see, like, community coming together and fighting back and, you know, being there for their end, growing past their mistakes. Um, and it was just very good to have in my life right now. Um, so yeah, I recommend if you can find it, um, it's at the Orem Library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing is we had this, like, weird, this, like, DVD that was, like, from this, you know, like, archival, I don't even know what yeah, it was. it was so weird. Um, and then, like, bizarre trailer for a horror movie afterwards. <laughs> um, anyway, so we don't. Yeah, we don't really know what's up, but yeah, you could find it. I'm However sure there's a list of it. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the next movie we're watching is Man of Marble. Mm-hmm. Um, 1977 Polish film. Yeah, directed by, oh, I do not know how to pronounce his name. We will learn how to. <laughs> Disney. What? Yeah, I'm not going to try. Anyway. Yeah, so we're going to watch that. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited about it, too. Um, I think it'll be really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we are hosted by the Admiral Mapping Net- Podcast Network, which you can find at AdmiralMapping.com and support on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Admiral Mapping. Mm-hmm. Find our show at AbnormalMapping.com slash Seasons Movie Pod um, to see all the different episodes or download the RSSS feed. You can find the show on Twitter at Seasons Movie Pod, or uh, send us an email at seasonspod at gmail.com. Grace, where can people find you? People can find me at grace underscore machine on Twitter and at graceandthemachine.com. And you can find me on Twitter at you of Wales. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this uh, great movie. So and good. It's very good. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you all next time for Man of Marble. Bye. Thank you.